Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, What's Holding You Back? And on today, we're going to start a sort of sub-series, and we're going to deal with the heart. As a matter of fact, today's topic asks the question, how's your heart? Because God is looking at your heart. And let me tell you today, my friends, your heart is more important than you know. So we're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more. And don't forget to log on to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax. Here comes the rich word of God. And we're going to ask the question today, how's your heart? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. The Lord began to deal with me even more so. Of course, you know, we're in the series of what's holding you back. And this would be part number six in that series. It is taking slightly, I guess you not, well, I don't want to say a detour, but it's going a little bit deeper into it as we're going to have to ask the question today, how's your heart? How's your heart? And I pray that you hear this. I pray that you hear this because the heart, as you see on the picture behind me, we do have a physical heart, but this is not really what we're talking about today, but the heart is really the center of your innermost being, the true you, your heart. And it is my goal today as the Lord, as I was praying again, as I was praying, I heard that the word of God uh, would be released without compromise throughout these or throughout the Lord's pulpits, without compromise, uncensored, unedited and have no governor but God. So I pray that you're ready to hear what the Lord is saying. Now, how is your heart? We're going to begin to answer that question today or ask that question and show you the importance of your heart as it relates to the current time that we're in right now. I, as I told you before, I'll tell you again, revival is already here. Get ready. Revival is here. I'm not telling you it's it's coming. I'm not telling you to pray for it. You don't pray for something that's already here. Although if you want to pray, you can pray. But I'm telling you, revival is here. It is already broken. It is already here. The first place it must be received is in your own home. Is in you, in your own home. Then we'll see these things begin to manifest more in the church at large. But revival is here. God has already opened the faucet, if you will. He's already opened up the line. And the power and presence of God is, has already begun to flow. He has turned it on. If we will look at this in terms of, of water being uh, from the city or the county and it stops there at the street and the, there's a meter at the street. And when the meter is off, doesn't matter how many faucets you have on the inside, no water is going to come on. Water's not going to flow until the water is released from the main. I'm telling you, it has been released from the main. It has been released from the main. You must first welcome it into your, your own self and into your home. And then we will see it spring through the churches. And then you will see it spring through the nation. 
Revival is already here. Revival, revival, revival. We shout revival in Jesus' mighty name. Now, our journey here begins in Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew 5 and verse number 8. You can turn it there if you like. Matthew 5, 8. There's something that I have to get to you today. And I pray that uh, by the power of the Spirit, we can all uh, receive this and it be planted in good fertile ground in Jesus' mighty name. I pray today that you would not allow the spirit of slumber to take a hold of you, but you would be alert and attentive to hear what thus saith the Lord. Here's the promise as we talk about the condition of your heart. How is your, as we ask the question, how is your heart? Or as we talk about the condition of your heart, because if, if your heart is in the right place, then you are actually conditioned for a breakthrough conditioned for more change than you've ever thought or even imagined. Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number eight. I'm going to read just this one verse and then we'll go further. Matthew five, verse number eight. And it says, blessed are the pure in heart. Here's the promise for they shall see God. That's what we're going to be going over here today and over the next few weeks, the Lord willing, we're going to come right back to Matthew 5, uh, verse number 8. And it says again, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, what a powerful promise. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The Bible declares that God is good, God is love, and God is also a consuming fire. Yes, yes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall observe God. They shall behold God. They shall glance upon God. They shall witness God right before their eyes, whether it's their natural eyes or their spiritual eyes, whether it's in the eyes of their imagination or the, the eyes of the dream world, you will behold God. But you first must be pure in heart. And as a general rule, what you behold, you become like. You'll become like what you behold. What you look at, you'll become like that. And so as the Lord ushers in revival, He's going to give his people a glimpse of him. And as we see God, we'll become like God. As we see Christ, we'll become like Christ. As we behold the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord will become, will come upon us, will become like what we see. And so the Lord tells us today again, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, there are issues with our heart. This is why the Lord asked the question today, how is your heart? How's your heart? Because if your heart is not in the right place, if there are issues concerning your heart, you won't see God. And most of us are still trapped. Hear me, most of us are trapped in the first dimension. Let me say it this way. There are three dimensions uh, to God's uh, revelation or God's revealing in the earth realm. There are three. One, <clears throat> you'll be able to see the Lord with your heart, your innermost being. You'll be able to see and observe God. Secondly, the Lord uh, will give you the revelation to your mind, to your soul. You'll be able to comprehend and understand at least some of God. 
And thirdly, you'll be able to see the full manifestation upon you and around you. Because hear me, the glory of God will shine in you and about you. It will shine rather in you, through you, and about you. But most of us are trapped just with the notion of, well, I'll, I'll see him or, you know, I'll, I'll perceive him. I'll, I'll have a dream. But what's in you must come out of you. Let me say that again. What's in you must become or rather must come out of you to affect the change in people's lives all around you. So we don't want to just stop at, oh, I hear, I understand that was a good message or I read that verse. That was a good verse. No, what's in the Bible must come out of the Bible in you and then affect a change in the world around you. It's not just therefore a good story. I pray that you're hearing. It's not just therefore a good story. When Jesus said you would do his works, he wasn't just saying something. He meant that. He meant that. And the glory of God will be seen upon the body of Christ. I'm telling you, the glory of God will be seen upon the body of Christ. But it first starts in the heart. It first will start in your heart. Now, the Bible gives us instruction here also in Jeremiah. You can write this down. Jeremiah 17 chapter verses 9 through 10. Jeremiah 17 verses 9 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. This is the, the word that God gives to Jeremiah and to the people. He says in verse number 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10 says, I and the Lord search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. The Bible says the heart is deceitful. That is, it is a mystery. You think it's one way. You think you feel one way. But when God begins to test, try and prove you, you really see your true motives. It's deceitful. This is why we need God to, and we'll see this, search our heart to try us and know our ways, know our thoughts. Because you may not really know your true motives in things. Only God can search your innermost being. I pray that you hear me, oh God. Only God can search your innermost being. The Bible says again, the heart is deceitful. There was a man in, this, in scripture, one of David's sons who really loved his sister. He loved her so much, as a matter of fact, that, that he forced her to have sexual relations with her. He loved, the scripture said that he really, really, really loved her. His heart was just yearning for her. But after they did that, the Bible says that his heart equally turned to hate against her. One moment he loved her, and the next moment he hated her with the same passionate zeal. Which one was correct? The heart is deceitful. You're going to have to know God and seek the face of God and ask him to search your heart or else you'll be on the sidelines of what God is doing right now in this hour. I guarantee you the Pharisees and scribes, the Sadducees and those that couldn't see, they thought that their heart was right toward God. They were full of pride and malice and bitterness and hate, and they thought their heart was right. The heart is deceitful. 
That's why you're going to have to ask God to um, try your heart. The Bible says in verse number 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. And then it says, I try the reins. I try the reins. Now, the word reins here, R-E-I-N-S, the word reins means kidneys. Kidneys, that in the most part of you. He said, I try the reins or I try the kidneys. And kidneys are the most uh, inward and remote parts covered, covered with fat. That is something that is out of sight, something that cannot be seen. He said, I try them. I test and examine and prove them. The, the word kidney also speaks about um, temperament. It also talks about nature or kind. He said, I will try this. I will test this to see what your true motives are or else you don't know them. It is said that you don't know who you are until some type of test or trial comes. You don't know what you would do until something shows up. And so the Lord said, I will try it. I will test it. I will prove it to see your true motives, to see who you really are on the inside. Now, when the devil comes along with, with a trial, he's doing that to expose you and to destroy you. But when God sends, when God allows a testing period or when he allows a, a trial period, when he allows it in your life, it is to show you what's in you, something that he has already known, but you have not known in an attempt for you then to repent and correct that. Are you hearing? I pray that you're hearing. The Lord said, let me give you another example of first Samuel 16, verse 17. The Lord telling Samuel, talking to Samuel about choosing the next king. And Samuel, the prophet Samuel, goes to um, uh, Jesse's sons, and Jesse has eight sons. And as you, as you know, the account there in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, Jesse brings seven of his sons out before uh, the prophet Samuel. And Samuel goes before all of them, and, and some of them look like mighty men. They look like kings. Uh, but God did not choose any of them. Then uh, the prophet Samuel asked Jesse, do you have another son? He said, yes, I have one that's keeping the sheep out there. But, you know, in effect, you don't want him. He's out there. And as Samuel told him, uh, nobody will sit down. We won't sit to eat until he comes here. And God told uh, Samuel this very crucial point. And I want you to see this. Verse number seven, it says, uh, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance, Talking about the uh, David's older brothers, the ones that are that are very strong looking. He said, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord seeth not as men seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God is observing your heart. And those hearts that are in the right place, those hearts that are in the right condition, you will see the glory of God descend upon those individuals. The eyes of the Lord right now are upon your heart. If your heart is corrupt, if your heart has uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, envies, and jealousy, if your heart is filled with iniquity, if your heart is full of worry and deceitfulness, if your heart has not been examined by God, you will not be accounted uh, to be to take place or take share in what God is currently doing. Your heart must be examined. 
You must submit to the examination process of God. He's got to show you what's in you. Are you hearing? So that we, in other words, he's got to x-ray your heart. He's got to put you in his MRI. He's got to show you the fault so that you may confess that fault before him. And once you confess that before him, the cleansing power of God begins to work in that area. The healing power of God begins to work in that area. God may bring some old stuff up before you. Something that you thought you had dealt with, but yet and still it's there. This has already begun. Are you hearing? Why has it begun? Because God does not want you to take the sideline. There's something about you that he wants to use in this end time. But he must get things in order. He's got to examine your heart. So I'll ask the question again. How's your heart? And there's unforgiveness not only with other people, but we can not forgive ourselves. And these things can prevent you from receiving God's best in your life. Ask your neighbor, how is your heart? Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Listen to what, how this reads. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. The Lord says, or David says here, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my faults. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's asking God, talking to God, asking him to search his heart. And I'm telling you, this is one of the most vital prayers in this hour. Asking God to search your heart. You must ask God to search your heart. You must ask God to try you and know your thoughts. When the enemy came uh, at the time of the crucifixion of the Lord, the Lord Jesus made one vital statement, one that really sticks with me today. He said, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me by which he can use to control me or to manipulate me or to prevent me from reaching or, or fulfilling my destiny that the father sent me to or sent me to fulfill. He has nothing in me. Does the enemy have anything in you? Is there anything in you that is attracted uh, to the kingdom of darkness? If there is something there, once you stand up to the enemy, he'll simply point that out or begin to pull you into his direction and you'll go astray from God. The examination part of your heart has to take place right now. Your heart must be examined. Your heart must be examined. Uh, any doctor would tell you before you begin to go on a strong exercise regimen, you're going to do a lot of physical things. They'll say, go and get a checkup. Go and get a physical. Let's see how your body is acting. Let's take a look at your heart. Take a stress test. It's amazing how they say take a stress test. Let them stress your heart to see if there are any faults or flaws in it. Are you hearing? Again, if we look at this testing time or proving time, there will be some amount of stress to show you what's in it. Here again, when the devil sends uh, some sort of temptation, 
He's sending it to expose you and to destroy you. But when God allows a testing time, a proving time, a time of examination, he's there is there to show you, to reveal something that's in you so that we can repent, so that we can confess it before God and be cleansed and be healed. It is important. I'm telling you now more than ever, it is important for you to get your heart right. As they say, get your heart right with God. Get your heart right with God. If there are things in you that are still attracted to the world, are still attracted to um, uh, lustful things, pornography, uh, still attracted to whatever it is in the world, alcohol or what have you, whatever it is, if they're still attracted, and if you can say, Lord, I'm still attracted to it, it is time now to ask God to search you, to try you and know your thoughts. It is time to pray that you hearing me. Uh, Psalm 51, listen to Psalm 51, verse number 10. And it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Psalm 51, verses 10, you hear verse 10, it says again, create in me a clean heart. So now David's prayer or the psalmist prays, create in me a clean heart. Make me have a clean heart. And this is what we need. And when you ask God to give you a clean heart, that means that he's going to expose some things in you so that we can once again uh, confess it before the Lord. We can repent before the Lord and God can cleanse that area and he can heal that area and that you will be appointed as one of the ones that God can use in this last and end time revival. Are you hearing? Because the heart is really the issue of the matter. Your heart is the issue of the matter. As a matter of fact, in your heart, it will determine the borders and boundaries of your life. We know this very well. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Out of it flows the borders and boundaries of your life, your heart, your innermost being. God has to first get our hearts together, our hearts together before uh, he's going to before he releases uh, the fullness of himself into you. I'm telling you, he's going to get your heart together before he releases his fullness into you. Our heart must be right toward him. Are you hearing? If we're still judgmental, if we're still uh, critical about people, about how they look, where they've been, how they act. If, if, if we don't see them the way God sees them, then there's an issue with our heart. If we're not in the place to love our enemy, then I'm telling you there's an issue with our heart. We must have the heart of God as it relates to people. We must have the heart of God. And to do that, again, as we go back into Jeremiah, the Bible declares that the heart is deceitful. You think you're pretty good, but you don't see what's in there, what's under there. Only God can do that. You're going to need him to look at your heart, to observe your heart, and to show you things about your heart so that once again, you can confess those things before the Lord so that you can repent, so the Lord can cleanse you of it and heal you of that matter so that you can be greatly used in this end, in this end time revival. I'm telling you, the condition of your heart matters. 
We can't sit in church and hate somebody on the front row, hate somebody on the back row. We can't sit in church like that. There's something wrong with our heart. We can't hate our husband or, or I can't stand my wife or we can't, children can't hate your, your parents. We can't be disgruntled with one another and think that God is okay with our hearts in that condition. He's not. But it's going to take God to clean the heart. Because just when you think that you've got it clean and you're good, it's deceitful. It's deceitful. Are you hearing? You cannot hate your enemy and it be okay with God. Hate, just like love, uh, holds an attraction and a pull and it is a connector. Love is a connector. No matter where you go, if you love the person, you'll begin to think about them. Same way hate is also a connector. No matter where you go, you begin to think about them, those feelings come right back up again. Hate will connect you to someone. And so will love. Love and hate are both connectors. Hate is a false connector, but it still does connect. It is a counterfeit of love. Both feelings or emotions are extremely strong. And both will cause you to do things that you would not ordinarily do. Both will cause you to say things you would not norm normally say or do things you would not ordinarily do. Hate and love are extremely powerful forces. Both will bind you to individuals. And if you're bound by hate, then that means you are attached to them. Are you hearing? You can't be attached. Listen, you shouldn't even hate the devil. Why hate a fallen spirit? Why hate someone that is already judged? I don't love, I don't love him, but I don't hate him. Are you hearing? Because hate is an attractive, uh, attractive emotion. It's a binding emotion. And I'm not going to bind the enemy to me. Are you hearing? No. No. Why would you hate something like that? No. We're above that. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Why would I hate that? That's, min that's minuscule. That's under the power and the authority of God. Why would I hate that when I have power over that? Are you understanding? Yes. Keep your emotions in check. Now we'll begin to close out here and you can turn your Bibles now with me in Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews, third chapter. We won't get uh, to all of this today. Hebrews, the third chapter verses number. We'll look at verse number seven through 15. We won't get all of it today, but we will get just a good start of it started on it. And then week after next, we'll take up on it again if the Lord so desire. But if you've heard nothing else, remember this, remember this, that it is the heart that is challenged. It is the heart, your true motives, your intent that is challenged. In the case of Job, his heart was challenged. The very core of his being was challenged. When hardness came, even his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? But because Job's heart, the very core of Job, loved God, he refused to do it. He even made the statement, though he slay me, yet shall I serve him. He is connected. He was saying, I'm connected to the source. I can't deny him. 
It was the stress that proved his heart and that, that proved his devotion and love to God. It was the stress of the moment that proved it. Now, I do not believe in my heart. I don't believe in my heart that any of us will have to go through that amount of stress to reveal. Because most of our stuff is way on the surface. It only take a little bit. As the word of God is sown in our heart, even today, as the word of God is sown in our heart, one of the conditions of the soil there about the sower and the seed, one of the conditions where the, sow, where the uh, seed was planted among thorns, planted among the weeds, when the hardness came, when persecution came, what happened? The weeds came up and it choked out the word and it became unfruitful. It won't take a whole lot to expose what's in you. We don't have a lot of time. Are you hearing? Persecution is one thing that will also show you what's in your heart. Somebody getting on your last nerve will expose what's in your heart. And you'll also see the progress of your heart. One of my good friends were, were telling me, was telling me the other day how he was um, challenged, challenged by another individual, by another relationship. And in before times, when that other person would come around, oh, he would just cringe. He'd be upset. He'd be angry. He'd be frustrated, discombobulated, just all tore up. But now the Lord uh, has healed the heart. And now the same individual comes back around and he can clearly he made this statement to me. He said, I love the person, but I hate that old demon in them. I love the person, but I bind that demon in them. He's been able to separate the person and love the person and hate the other thing or dislike the other thing and cast that away. Are you hearing? God tries the heart. Here again, when the Lord reveals things to you, when a hardness comes, it'll also show you the progress of your heart. The progress of your heart. You say, well, this thing I'm telling you, um, I was going through this and and I used to treat it like this, but now it's, it's, it's different now. Now I, I've changed. I've changed. Stress will show you the progress of your heart. Same thing with weightlifting in the gym. Some of you uh, have done some weightlifting before. The more weight you lift, you may start with two pounds or 15 pounds, but the more you lift, you see progress because 15 pounds will begin to be too light and you'll have to go up even higher, maybe to 25 or to 30 and it goes higher and you see your progress. There is progress in God and stress. Once you pick up the weight, you are stressing your muscle. You are stressing your muscle. There is stress and release. And as you stress it, it grows. We grow in stress. We don't necessarily like it, but we grow in stress. In the book of Exodus, the children of Israel, the, the Bible declares the more that Pharaoh began to um, uh, stress the children of Israel, the more he began to afflict them, the more they grew. The more they multiplied and grew. The more he afflicted them, the more they grew. It was astounding. He's trying to kill them, even kill their firstborn males. But the children of Israel continued to grow and continue to thrive. Even more so, under pressure, they grew exponentially, which is the same with us. So I'm telling you that some, some things are going to come into your life. But don't worry. 
It's just for a moment. It's just for a moment. Some of you had run on the treadmill for the stress test. Felt like you were going to die on that treadmill. It's just for a moment. It's only going to last for a moment. This thing is only for a moment to reveal what's in you. Once that thing has been revealed, you'll confess that before the Lord. You'll repent of this thing. God will heal you. He will cleanse you and he will heal you. And you will see that much glory begin to be revealed in your life. Father, I thank you. Hebrews 3 verse 7 says this. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will, rather, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, verse number 10, I was grieved with, with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Verse 11, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Here's the warning, verse 12, take heed therefore, rather take heed brethren, lest there be in you least there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Take heed. Why is he warning them to take heed? Because you can't see. You don't know it. Jeremiah says, again, the heart is deceitful. You think it's one way, but it could be a completely different way. This is why you're going to have to ask the Lord to search you. He says, take heed, brother, and at least there be in you. It's possible that there be in you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the things of God, it's possible that it would be there and you not even know it. This is why God says, this is why the psalmist says, search me, O God. Try me. Search me. Search my heart. Search my heart. This is why he also says, created me a clean heart. I'm telling you, if you've heard nothing else, this is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Here's the question. How is your heart? How is your heart? God is looking at your heart. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out, everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. 
God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.